I, I learned about something about a year and a half ago called human design, which really gets down to your DNA, like who you are the minute you are born into this world, what your what your true strengths are. Not something you decided to be, not something that you learned or wanted to be, but just who you are. I've heard the difference between motivation and inspiration like this. Motivation is when you're when you're trying to get away from pain. Like I think of it as like there's a big snarling dog on your heels and you're you're running because you're motivated to get away from that dog. So you might be running and going places, but it's because you're trying to get away from the pain. And then inspiration to be inspired in spirit, right? Is to be called forth, is to be pulled forth by a positive like vision. There is just something so innate in me that even when I am being burnt at the stake, you could call it God consciousness, you could call it the universe, you could call it confidence or desire to be a good mom or a good role model or whatever. But I just, no matter what is put in front of me, it does not deter me from this calling to do that which I'm here to do. You just can't stop me. Hello and welcome to the Agent Podcast with your host, that's me, Raymond Schulseth. Let's dive in. Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Agent Podcast. Today I'm here with my friend, Cami Baker. Cami, welcome to the show. I am thrilled to be here. I love being interviewed because this shares the message of our mission and is helping to fund nonprofits by the billions and pay real estate agents a lot of money to do it. So thanks for having me. Yeah, I'm glad you're here. So why real estate? Let's start at the beginning for you. Well, you know, why real estate? Um, Go back about 20 years. I was a single mother, newly in sobriety. I just put the plug in the jug and I had a baby that was less than two years old and I needed a J-O-B. I had been an entrepreneur since I was eight years old. I was selling gum to other kids for a profit at eight and then loan sharking for high uh, interest (laughs) and collateral at nine. Um, And and I had owned some businesses, but the bottle took me down. And long story short, I I was looking in the newspaper and uh, I found a job that was just fate. Uh, It was a, a real estate agent in New Hampshire who did 125 deals a year and he needed somebody to help. It turned out to be a listing coordinator and everything just rolled from there. I was taught from the very beginning how to be a listing agent just by creating hundreds of listing packets and doing BPOs. And I did more real estate in a year and a half of being an assistant than the average agent does in their whole career. And then when I got my own license about a year and a half into it, I was one of the top 5% in the nation right away only because I had watched somebody else do it. And I actually hired the the coaching company that he had been working with. And so so that's how I got started. So thanks for sharing that. You know, first I'd like to say congratulations on your sobriety. That's a big deal, right? Like that is a huge deal and something massive to overcome. Well, thank you for acknowledging that. I, I share it as much as I can because I find, you know, over the last... 10, 15 years, no matter what I'm on a stage speaking about, 
when I talk about the alcoholism, people always come up in the good old days of face-to-face interaction. You know, they'd, <laughs> they'd come up and say, you know, I, my brother was an alcoholic or, you know, maybe they didn't have anything related to alcohol, but they could really relate to making poor choices and being in a bad place and having to put our big girl panties and our big boy underoos on, as I like to say, and, you know, taking responsibility taking responsibility for who we are, where we are, what's going on is so important. My brother is dead today because he couldn't take responsibility. It was always somebody else's fault. And he ended up dying of an overdose. So, you know, I told my mother that loss to you. Yeah. Well, you know what? He was, he was a tortured soul his whole life. I I think he, he just really wanted to go back (laughs) to where he came from and um, yeah. And God bless, you know, So talk to me about the mindset that you went into this job offer and this job opportunity with, you know, with jumping from newly sober, you know, putting your big girl panties on, as you said, (laughs) and taking care of your baby girl. What was your mindset going into that opportunity? You know, I'm 53. My daughter is now 23. And she was about three at the time. So it's been a long time ago. At the time, I just needed a job. I just needed to pay the bills. I I had lost all my self-esteem. I had a drinking buddy who was my boyfriend, who was my boss, all rolled into one. And when I quit drinking, I was unemployed. And uh, it was just, I was in a really bad place, Raymond. And that job was just something to get me by. But, But, you know, the Lord works in mysterious ways. And here I was in an environment with people who just didn't drink, like coming from a person who owned a bar for a while and was a waitress and a bartender and a shot girl and all that stuff. I was so involved around alcohol and stuff for so many years that it was just a great environment for me to plant myself and just, you know, people weren't inviting me out for a drink. We weren't going to the bar after work. It just it was a really healthy environment. And um, because of that, uh, about a year and a half into being a employee, I got my license and my, uh, the broker at the time, I think he, he helped me to get licensed. So I would start making phone calls and prospecting for him. He brought me to, it was Mike Ferry. That was the organization that coached him and, and then started coaching me. And we went to this uh, event to, it was a prospecting school. And learn how to role play and pick up the phone and make the calls. And I remember when I was there, I said, I said, you know, Steve, you've lost a good assistant, but you've just gained a great agent. I'll never forget saying that to him. And uh, I ended up getting my own office in that in that office and um, and just kind of took off from there. And and while I was a real estate agent, you know, keeping in mind, I'm newly sober I really didn't know anyone. I had moved to New Hampshire from Florida. The whole year I had been there, I was just in the throes of alcoholism. So when I got my my license, I realized I needed to meet people. Like I needed to get out and meet and mingle. And as it turns out, about a year into having my license, I got the biggest commission check that I ever got through the whole course of it. And I bought my dream car of a 64 and a half Mustang convertible. <laughs> nice. When, when I was making those prospecting calls, I had a picture of one up on the wall. You know, they mm-hmm. say have a vision board yeah, and I'm yeah. here to tell you it works. 
uh, about a year and a half into having my license, I ended up paying cash and buying this car. And everybody at the office tortured me. They said, you know, don't you know what a money pit that thing is? Ford found <laughs> on road dead. And, oh my you know, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, a, it was a hot car. It had a stoop in the hood. And we but called you know, it. You know, the other thing they say for Ford is first on race day, right? Like that's a thing. <laughs> I drive a well, Ford. I love Ford. <laughs> well, you know, I need to come up with my own analogy of that. But, but I, I told people then, I said, you don't understand my vision. I can see this car in car shows and in parades, camibaker.com. At the time I was with Remax and I put the hot air balloons on it. And I did, I, I put that car in probably nine parades and car shows the first year that I had it. It's your marketing started, piece. Well, yeah. So I started sponsoring uh, antique car show and was giving the money that we made. You know, the first car show we had, we had about 50 cars. 20 bucks a piece. They were coming up to register. We were so ignorant. We didn't know what we were doing. My assistant and I, everybody's coming up trying to give us $20 to register. We weren't even ready to register people. We had no idea. And she said, why aren't we taking their money? I said, because we're not doing it to make a couple hundred bucks. But then I realized 50 cars times $20 is $1,000. There's a lot of nonprofits that could use that. So we found one. And for the next seven years, we gave all the money to this nonprofit. And that's what got me started on cause marketing, marketing your business with a cause in mind. And that's that's how it, it, it all got started. OK, so let's pause on the cause and we'll come back to that for a minute. <laughs> sure. Let's go. I want to talk about Steve, right? Steve was who got you started in this. What Correct. are the three things that you really learned from your first year with Steve as you rebuilt yourself from, you know, below zero? You know what? He, he suggested that I go do landmark education. And when I did landmark, one of the things that we did for homework was we asked the people most close to us some specific questions. And one of the questions I asked Steve, keeping in mind that he was, he was a mentor. He didn't mean to be, he didn't, he wasn't trying to be, but he was, I looked up to him. I was newly sober and he's sure. doing all this business, you know? So I said, I said to Steve, I said, what, what works about me? This is, these were questions that Landmark gave us. And he said, what works about you is that you'll do anything that suggested you are eager to help when you say you're going to do something, you do it, you do it fast and you do it well. And the second thing I asked him was, what doesn't work about me? And he said, Cammie, you don't think big enough. And I've thought so many times over the years that that statement from him really kicked me in the ass a little bit. Because today, as a matter of fact, just last week, he made a comment on something on my Facebook and I hadn't heard from him in eight, 10 years. Oh, wow. He made a comment on my Facebook. He's actually in my first book, Mingled to Millions. And um, today he can't say I don't think big enough because I've created this movement around the country that wouldn't have happened without his input. But so from him, I learned think big. You know, I learned that uh, that I can be counted on and I, I and I, I people do appreciate that I have integrity and keep my word and do things that I say that I'll do. And another thing from him was watching him invest in his in himself. He was paying investing, he was investing $2,000 a month to be coached. And he was doing 125 transactions a year. 
So I learned by watching him to invest in myself. People who invest are invested. People who pay, pay attention. And when you will uh, humble yourself and say, I don't understand this, please teach me. That's where the growth actually happens. Where do you get your strength and power from? Right. Because you came from a dark place. You know, I don't know what your childhood and upbringing was like, but from my personal experience of coming from dark places, often you you find strength by looking to others to believe in you. Right. And that's part of, I think, a gift that maybe even by default, Steve gave you is having this belief and seeing that, you know, hey, there's something here within Cami. It just needs to be nurtured. It needs to be grown. It needs to be directed, right? Pointed in the right direction, however you want to look at it. But I don't know. I just, I feel like there's this innate strength and power within you. Where does that come from? You know, so many would say they get it from God or the universe and, and all that. I just, I, I learned about something about a year and a half ago called human design, which really gets down to your DNA, like who you are the minute you are born into this world, what your what your true strengths are, not something you decided to be, not something that you learned or wanted to be, but just who you are. And I got to tell you, Raymond, I just it's it's like I've, I've heard I've heard the difference between motivation and inspiration like this. Motivation is when you're when you're trying to get away from pain. Like I think of it as like there's a big snarling dog on your heels and you're you're running because you're motivated to get away from that dog. So you might be running and going places, but it's because you're trying to get away from the pain. And then inspiration to be inspired in spirit, right, is to be called forth, is to be pulled forth by a positive like vision. So instead of running from the dog, when I'm being pulled forth, I feel like there's like a string in the center of my heart and it's just pulling me forth. And there is just something so innate in me that even when I am being burnt at the stake, even when people are giving me a hard time and for God's sake, I help people make money, making a difference. I'm helping people to fund nonprofits and get paid to do it. And I hit brick wall after brick wall after people who don't get it. And there's just this inspiration in me that just pulls me forward. You could call it God consciousness. You could call it the universe. You could call it confidence or desire to be a good mom or a good role model or whatever. But I just, no matter what is put in front of me, it does not deter me from this calling to do that which I'm here to do. You just can't stop me. So I think this is a good place to transition. We could definitely unpack some of that, and I love it. I think it's beautiful. But let's um, unpause and get back to the cause. So let's talk about where the real agents of change came from, the story behind it, how long you've been doing it, and help people understand what's actually happening in this movement. I love that pause for the cause, you hot shit. <laughs> um, so all that real estate experience, right? All when I worked with Steve and and he was he was making phone call, like thousands, tens of thousands of prospecting calls, calling expireds and for sale by owners, 
And I learned how to do that. So with all of this real estate experience, all of the door knocking, all of the learning about personalities and where to sit at the table so that people want to sign a contract and just going to non going to networking events with 10 other realtors and being very competitive, just all the stuff that realtors go through. And then also with that car, doing all the fundraisers and learning about cause marketing and how even when people didn't care about Cami or Remax or real estate, they loved that we were doing something to help the horses. It was a great icebreaker and, and, and relationship creator. So with all that in mind, a little over two years ago, almost two and a half years ago now, just before the pandemic, I'm sitting at a conference and I hear the speaker say these magical words that woke me out of my stupor and have stopped me from sleeping good ever since. Charitable gifting of real estate. And I thought, how could it be that I have 15 years of experience in real estate, like hardcore experience and all this with Ronald McDonald House and Make-A-Wish and the largest to the smallest nonprofits and I've never heard of it. So I started learning about charitable gifts of real estate. My first question was, why have I never heard of this? So it's a question people ask all the time. There's 1.3 million nonprofits, 99.9% of them, if you offer them $500 cash, or the deed to a property worth $500,000, 99.9% will take the $500 and say no to the real estate. It's complicated, it's confusing, it's risky. And even if I sit on their board, there's mortgages to be paid off, roofs to be put on, holding costs. They just won't do it. So they're the ones that have stopped all of us from learning about this, even though it's been on the tax code since 1917. Second thing I learned is $9 billion is actually donated to real to, to nonprofits from real estate. And in an average of $550,000 from one donation, that's almost 18,000 donations a year on average that are happening. But they're happening with this really small like to our best guesstimate, less than 50 nonprofits out of the 1.3 million actually do donations of real estate. So it's happening, but 99% of realtors, nonprofits, public don't know about it. And the third thing that I learned was that we need this thing called a specialized nonprofit, which is the go-between that takes titles, pays off mortgages, hires realtors at a full commission, and gives the proceeds to the nonprofits that the donor wants to have it. So pandemic happens, I'm a speaker, I'm an author, I'm completely unemployed, no speaking engagements happened during the pandemic. So it was a wonderful opportunity for me to do nothing but learn how this works. And my vision was there are 2 million realtors, let's certify 1% of them to know how this works to bring it back to their communities. So I partnered with one of these specialized nonprofits. They taught me the ins and outs of what, of what charitable gifting of real estate is. We created this class to certify real estate agents. And here we are two years later with hundreds of people coming and going through the class, some of them getting certified. We, as the Real Agents of Change, The Rock, as we've become known, are the only organization in the world 
who provide information, education, and certification around charitable gifting of real estate and teach people how to leverage real estate for real change. I love that. That's incredible. Let's let's talk about the structure of that. So if I'm a real estate agent and I go through your class, I'm now certified. Can I still do my transaction I was doing as well as this? Oh, for sure. So this is okay. a specialty. It's just, it's it is the secret real estate niche <laughs> that is funding nonprofits by the billions. So just like becoming a luxury agent or a first-time home buyer or a senior, you know, specialist, et cetera, it's a designation that realtors can get. And frankly, not just realtors, but what we've learned over the last year and a half is 65% of these transactions are instigated by financial advisors. Mm. So financial advisors can get certified. Nonprofits can even get certified. And that's a little bit more of a conversation. But for realtors, it's so cut and dry. Like donation of real estate comes to the table. Donation needs to be listed and liquidated to give the cash to the nonprofits. We call them legacy listings because they leave legacy for the nonprofit, for the donor, and for the realtor. So donation comes to the table, hot potato, need to pass it to the listing agent in that marketplace to list it so we can get, get rid of it and fund the nonprofit. And we guarantee a full commission. We say that all the time because sometimes people's first thought is, oh, charitable real estate, you want me to do this for free? You want me to do it for a discount because it's for a nonprofit? We're like, no, we don't want your money. We want to give you a full commission, whatever that means to you in your marketplace. So, Well, yeah, because you're the single agent unloading the property, right? So if it's five or 6%, you're getting that commission off an average price of, what'd you say, 550,000? Correct. Yeah, that's a nice commission. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> well, the five, the 550000 is the actual donation to the nonprofits. Actually, last year, the specialized nonprofit that we work with said that the average was actually 557000 Now, keep in mind, that is the equity. That is the, the equity, the proceeds from the property. So it could be a million-dollar piece of property that had a mortgage. Got or, it. you know, that, that, that maybe the owner, maybe it's a million dollar condo in Florida and the nonprofit is in Boston and maybe the donor lives in California. In other words, it, you know, it doesn't have to be local. It doesn't have to be easy. So the donor says, well, I got this condo in Florida, kind of tired of managing and maintaining it anyway. Um, I'd like to get my $300,000 out that I paid for it 10 years ago. They can do that. Our specialized nonprofit gives them $300,000. They take title. Now the, the donor's off, off the uh, deed. And after expenses, et cetera, the proceeds go to the nonprofit. So in other words, $550,000, that doesn't mean that that's necessarily the list price. It could be a million. It could be $10 million, you know? Got it. Got it. Interesting. So the first time I heard of this is when Michael Dishiavi, I hope I said his name right, sorry, Michael, if not, (laughs) um, was on this podcast with me. And one of the things that stuck with me since then was his words of, it's the ability to have a different conversation Mm. than other people are used to, you know? So how, how are you educating the 
public or you know the the seller the consumer on this what does that look like thank you for asking and thank you for bringing michael up michael deshavi i love you i love that I, guy he's amazing i have so much love in my heart for that guy michael and i have known each other for about 12 years we were partners in network marketing uh, over time, I coached him on calling expired and for sale by owners as a real estate agent. And Raymond, when I first heard about this in December of 2019, when I wrapped my head around it, when I realized this is what's calling me forth, all that real estate experience and knowing what realtors suffer and go through to find listings and negotiate contracts and beg for commission and compete in the marketplace and all that stuff. When I realized everything I've done up until this point in my life has led me to seeing an opportunity here that no one else has seen in 100 years of this being an option. And when I really stepped into it and said, planted my flag and said, this is what we're doing. Michael is the first person I called. <laughs> and I said, Michael, let me tell you what I found. Let me tell you what we're doing. I don't know what it's going to look like. The real agents of change hadn't even been created at the time. I was going to call it the Alliance and all this other stuff. But I just want to say Michael is absolutely fabulous. He is the very first charitable real estate specialist ever after myself. And here's how we help people to create conversations around this. As a real estate agent, very competitive. Everybody sounds the same. I give the best service. You use me and I'll return the phone call. So this is a unique sales proposition that gives Michael and all the others around the country a way to get their foot in the door, break the ice, talk to high net worth individuals. So, for example, if there's a, a neighborhood or a luxury area or a country club or someplace that a realtor with a year's worth of experience says, well, there's there's a realtor that has 35 years of experience. I'll never be able to get in there with that. That person has no clue about this. They're completely clueless about how this works. Guaranteed. But it won't be like that for long because our goal is to have by 2025, have charitable real estate specialists and charitable real estate divisions in every marketplace of the country. So this gives people like Michael the opportunity to start conversations with nonprofits, with high net worth individuals, with people who own multiple properties. And in Michael's case, working with a, a, a real estate company that's all about recruiting and building a team, it is a fabulous way for them to interact with other real estate agents without saying, hey, How's your company? How's your commission split? When we can actually talk to people about their heart, like what are they passionate about? Mm -hmm. What nonprofit would you like to see get a check for $550,000? How would you like to get paid a full commission to fund causes, companies, careers, communities? Like this is such a win-win-win for everyone. It is such a no-brainer. It's so interesting. Like, I'm excited to dive in and learn more. I think it's so interesting. And like you said, it's kind of that um, one of my friends calls it like a double bottom, right? Like you have the ability to make profit for yourself, but also significantly pay it forward for others. Absolutely. Now, you said you're getting your real estate license, right? I am. So is there a specific nonprofit that speaks to your heart? 
There is. There's actually three. Um, I, myself, we have two special needs kids. Uh, one of our kids has epilepsy. Another one ha- is, she's nonverbal. She has autism. And then one of my best friends, who's actually a real estate agent here in Chicago, her son has Down syndrome. And um, those three specifically, you know, like I have a personal relationship with. I'm on the board at uh, the Chicago Autism Project. And I'm, you know, diving in, learning more and more about epilepsy because it's pretty new to our family and we're figuring out as we go. But, um, you know, like it's funny, right? Because for as much as we know as humans and as much progress as we've made scientifically and medically, like we still don't know much about the brain, right? We still have so much to learn about the brain and all that takes time and cash. Mm. Mm. Well, so thank you for what you're doing. There's so many people who will benefit from you becoming active in charitable real estate too. So, you know, just imagine like, so for example, as a real estate agent, how would you like, who would you like to be your clients? Do you want to deal with luxury brand, investment, uh, multifamily? Like what, what speaks to your heart for real estate? Yeah, of course. I mean, all of those, to be honest, right? Like I've been an investor for a very long time. So I know the lingo and the vocabulary. I can talk to those people. My end goal is to own a ton of multifamily properties, right? So I'm learning and getting educated more and more on that as I grow. And then, of course, who doesn't like luxury properties, right? Or in the real estate industry. (laughs) I was just interviewed a couple of days ago by a friend of mine in Boston who started a podcast around real estate. She calls it the REI Friends. And we were talking about how investors can actually leverage this. So if you're wanting to buy a whole bunch of uh, multifamilies, instead of reaching out to multifamily owners, you know, you get your tax list of all the people who own multifamilies in that area. Instead of sending them something that the typical investor would send or having that same conversation, imagine actually reaching out to them and saying, hey, you know, as a charitable real estate specialist, frankly, the only one in Chicago I wanted to bring to your attention. I see you on all these properties want to let you know, you know, there's actually significant tax benefit to donating real estate to nonprofit is what's a nonprofit that you'd like to support. In other words, what a great way to start a conversation, speak to somebody on a heart to heart level to just build that rapport and that friendship. And that can lead to, by the way, you know, have you ever thought about selling your property or, you know, maybe we can talk about how you could donate the property and still pull cash out. Like it just gives you a a sophisticated conversation that nobody else is is having with them. Yeah, 100%. And I think that's where the magic is, right? The magic is what value can you bring to the table that they haven't heard before? You know, so when we talk about lead generation, when we talk about building relationships, when you talk about expanding your sphere and your network, again, me being new to this, you know, the rock, as you call it, but hearing from Michael and hearing from you and spending some time looking on my own, I just think it's super interesting. It's very unique and it's all positive, you know, which I'm all for. I love that. It's just all positive. It's 100% forward. For someone like myself who has called expireds and for sale by owners, like just to say that is drudgery. Oh my God. All the conversations, all the objection handling, all the negative and all the greatness. Like I I wouldn't have had the success I had in real estate if it wasn't for 
going straight for expireds and, and actually providing a service and, and handling a problem, which was they've been on the market six months or six years and they haven't sold and I come in and help. Right. But spending all those years role playing and when you make the call, kind of hoping, oh, God, I hope they don't answer, kind of gives you like, oh, I don't want to have this call and learning how to persuade and sell and convince and and twist the conversation to the way that you want it to be and all that stuff. It is so refreshing to be doing something that there is no sales. There is no convincing. Like when we talk to realtors, you either want to learn how to make a full commission and fund your nonprofit friends by the millions or you don't. We talk to donors. You either want to know how to give smarter, have tax advantages, and leave legacy to the animals and your church and the veterans, or you don't. You know, as a financial advisor, you either want to provide a new tool and a new resource and option for your clients and help nonprofits and make money making a difference, or you don't. Like, there's there's no convincing, and that is so so refreshing. I think about that every day. What a glorious way to wake up every day, not dreading putting in that hour worth of prospecting, you know, not following up with people that are negative and making excuses about why they can't meet with you. Now, don't get me wrong. We still prospect. We still educate people about how this works. We still answer questions but there's a big difference in answering questions to educate and inform as opposed to handling objections, trying to manipulate the situation, you know? Yeah. I think the difference is now you're a teacher. You're not a salesperson, mm. right? Like mm-hmm. that's kind and, of what and, it comes down to. And one of the, what is so funny, we just have, we do something called a purpose workshop once a month where the people in the rock come to just talk this through, like come up with the strategy as far as how do they want to leverage this in their business and who do they want to talk to and how can they start a conversation that helps that person want to learn more about this. And, you know, one of the people that I was coaching on this call just this week, she said, I I can see now that I need to stop trying to sell this because we're all so used to selling you know, if I could show you how your nonprofit could bring in $550,000 in one check, would you want to hear what I have to say? And it's like, you've got to stop that. It's so gross and icky and you don't want to say it and they don't want to hear it. And it doesn't work anyway. Let's just talk to people from the heart about what's important to them. What's in it for them. Share a story. You know what? I sat in on a class this week and I learned how nonprofits like yours are getting funded tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars all over the country. There's an opportunity on Wednesday at noon to learn how you can get funded. Would you like to come? Period. Like leave it, leave it at that, you know? Yeah, that's incredible. It really is. And you, you know what? Hats off to you. Like, I just want to acknowledge this, Cammie, because in two years, you have built a city, you know, around this whole real agents of change, like looking at what's published on the internet, right? And looking at that and the people that you've influenced. And again, guys like Michael that are, you know, joining you and pushing this forward, you've done an incredible job. That has not been an easy task. 
Well, it, it was it was it was it was a download that was given to me by the universe. It was it was kind of like, you know, this is your mission if you so choose to accept it. <laughs> but it's not just me. Like I was, so we have a book coming out, the Legacy Listing: Five Keys to Unlock Charitable Gifts of Real Estate for Your Charity and Their Champions. And my my, I have a co-founder a woman who reached out to me about a year into this, just randomly from Facebook. We started communicating and long story short, here we are a year and a half later, I've made her my partner and the co-founder of The Rock. And, you know, she's the one that creates all the beautiful designs, you know, the cover of the book, the images, the, you know, the the Facebook post and, and all that, the website, just a fabulous job. And I was just writing an extra piece in the book yesterday whether you want to be a Superman or a Clark Kent, whether you want to be in front of the camera with your cape in the air like I want to be, or whether you want to be behind the scenes supporting and uplifting and creating platforms like Clark Kent, because with us, we're the rock and I am Lady Legacy <laughs> and she is Donation Diva. And, and, you know, we, we just we have so much fun creating our own superhero images and knowing that, you know, I couldn't be doing what I'm doing if she wasn't giving me a platform to shine on and she wouldn't have the platform created if I didn't have the vision. And if we didn't collaborate, yeah. So I just, I just really want to acknowledge and hand it back to all the people who are supporting us in this. They are helping me to have the rock to stand on, to, to, to have the megaphone to say, hey, you don't have to struggle. Your nonprofit doesn't have to beg, borrow, and steal to have a bake sale and raise $100. You know, you as a real estate agent, you can stand out. You can make money making a difference. You don't have to give 10% of your commission or focus on only three nonprofits because you only have so much time, talent, and treasure to give. You can actually increase your time, talent, and treasure by being a part of what we're doing. It's, it is such a win, 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 Raymond. We're so glad to have you wanting to learn more and be a part of what we're doing. It will only increase your business opportunities, not, not take away from it. No, oh, this is incredible. And thanks for the education today. Um, yeah. A couple of things I'd like to touch on. One, tell me about your book. Not the book around real agents of change, but your other book. And just give me some history behind that and where that came from and how you chose to pour your heart into that. Did Michael give you a copy of it? Uh, no, but I will get a copy of it. He, he has actually purchased probably 20 copies, hard copies, um, since it came out and handed it out to people. The book is Mingled to Millions, The Art and Science of Building Business Relationships. And... Funny story about the book, networking, it's a book about how to network or in our world, net web. And when, when I was first writing the book, I was calling it net play, right? The opposite of network, let's net play our way to success. Let's make it fun. Let's net play. And I was going to trademark that word. And it was in the book probably 500 times. And right before it went into print, we found out somebody else had trademarked the word net play in, and not just in video games, but actually in a business scenario. So we're like, oh my God, 
what are we going to do? Like, how are you going to replace net play that's all throughout the book? It's a concept, et cetera. And a couple of days later, one of my spiritual friends said to me, I had a dream last night and a word came to me. Would you like to receive it? I said, yes, I would. So she says, net web. And I was like, I don't get it. I don't, I don't get it. But what happened was over the next couple of days, it all came to me. Instead of net play, which was fun and cute, net web. Wow. You can create a net web. So, for example, when we go out networking, we meet the same archetypes. We meet the person who's given a card to everyone. Here's my card. Here's my card. Here's my card. We all can relate to that. That person is the skunk because they're spraying and praying those cards, <laughs> praying somebody will call them. Yeah. You, you're laughing because you've met them and maybe a hundred percent. Yeah. Right? It's, the guy, it's the guy that has 20,000 contacts in his phone and he knows everybody. Right. Like, yeah. Well, well, he may. But he's that. But that person is actually the squirrel because they're getting a card from everybody. Let me get your card. Let me get your card. They just walk around the event grabbing right. cards That's off true. of the You're tables, right. right? So they're squirreling those cards away to put them on their email list, you know. So they're skunks and they're squirrels. And then there's dun 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 dun. Hey, try my product. Join my business. Sign my contract. Those are the sharks. You know, you you can tell that when you're talking to them. They're looking around the room, looking for their next prey, you know? So if we don't want to be a skunk, a squirrel, or a shark, what we suggest is you be a spider because spiders are strategic. They're savvy. They create connections that overlap and create this net web. And unlike a squirrel or a shark or somebody that's chasing and hunting and aggressively, assertively going after people, what if you just created this net web and just like a spider, you just waited for all that you want to come to you? So it became this really strategic, smart way of explaining how to create this net web. And over time, I, I, I you know, I was speaking about it. That's what I was speaking about when the pandemic hit. And when I learned about charitable gifting of real estate at first, I thought, well, Mingle to Millions has had its day and that was great and fun, but now we're doing this. But actually, Raymond, charitable gifting of real estate is the best form of netwebbing ever because you can create those connections. And for example, I'm here right now because I have a netweb and all that I want comes to me including you asking me if I wanted to be on the podcast. Yeah. So that's, that. that's where that's where mingled millions came from. And in the book, there are so many tips and, and ways to meet and mingle and build resources, relationships and revenue. You know, we talk about communicate, conversate, collaborate to create, you know, it, resources, relationships, and revenue. So it's a, it's a fun book about how to build business relationships. So friends and listeners, if you just heard that, rewind this like a hundred times and play it again and again and again. She just gave you the formula for success. I love that. Cami, thanks for sharing that. Okay. I want to be conscientious of your time. 
Um, thank you for being generous with it today. What are a couple things that we can pay for to all of our other real estate professionals out there? You know, maybe they're not an agent, maybe they're in the mortgage industry or they're part of a title company oh. or whatever. What are some things we can pay for that you'd like to share? When we really think this through, I think of it kind of like a chessboard and you think two or three steps out. And sometimes people will say to me, well, why? One specific agent always comes to mind. She's a realtor and we're talking about leveraging and strategy and how to leverage charitable gifting of real estate to, to position, partner, promote. And we're talking about mortgage companies. And she said, Cammie, why would a mortgage company want to know about this? First of all, any human being that's heart-centered and wants to do the right thing in the world needs to know about this. First of all, and that mortgage company, every person that works in there, this one's a veteran. This one comes from domestic abuse. This one brings a dog into the office every day because they love animals. In other words, they all have these nonprofits they want to support. But from a business perspective, who do mortgage companies want to do business with? They want to build relationships with realtors. They're investing thousands of dollars a year, you know, sponsoring a lunch and learn, sponsoring an open house, taking realtors to lunch. What if that mortgage company actually got behind charitable gifting of real estate and they were to actually let all the realtors they know know that they can get paid a full commission to fund nonprofits by the millions. Like what better value add could they provide to the realtors that they want to do business with for them to host and sponsor, you know, a webinar where we come in and we teach their 50 or 100 or 500 realtors how they can bring this to their marketplaces. In other words, you know, what, what I want the viewers to know is any and everyone who is a business person can benefit from charitable gifts of real estate. Any and all nonprofits can get proceeds from gifts of real estate and the donors of the real estate can come from lots of places but they're right in that nonprofit's donor list. Whether they have 100, 1,000, or 100,000 donors, there are donations of real estate in that donor list. This is so important, so important. You have donations of real estate in your donor list. You just don't know because you've never had this conversation. And up until now, you've never had a system or a way to be confident in simply letting them know, hey, by the way, we can benefit from gifts of real estate. They will raise their hand. They will show up. They want to donate real estate. They just don't know that you can benefit. So. That's amazing. Thank you for that, Cammie. Cammie, where can people find you? They want to be part of this movement. They want to reach out. They want to get your book. The Real Agents of Change have a page and a group on Facebook. That's where, where we are the most active. Uh, the Rock, as you can see, spell behind me, stands for R-A-O-C, The Real Agents of Change. TheRock.com forward slash 101. You can sit in on an overview to learn how this works. TheRock.com forward slash F-A-Q-S are all of the most commonly asked questions. TheRock.com forward slash masterclass. 
is where you can come sit in on the once a month deep dive that we do. We've created so much material to make this as easy as possible for everyone. And we just encourage you to get informed. Just learn about it. Maybe you don't have real estate. Maybe you're not a realtor. Maybe you're not a nonprofit. But if you know how this works and you're sitting at a pool party and you meet a realtor or a nonprofit or a fundraiser or somebody that is crying about helping the puppies and the veterans and the kids, you can be a resource that literally funnels millions of dollars to the nonprofit world because you took 25 minutes to learn. Because you introduced an idea. Yeah. I love that. Friends, I'll drop all of these links in the show notes. You can grab them, get over there, meet Cammie, get educated at least. And uh, Cammie, thank you so much. Thank you. It's my honor to be here. And I look forward to having you as, as a Chicago representative of the Real Agents Exchange. Me too. I'm excited to learn. Hey guys, it's Ray. I hope you enjoyed that episode. Thanks so much for being here and we'll see you on the next one.